Just like most episodes, this one contains strong language. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the host and guests and in no way represent the state of Oklahoma, the Oklahoma Historical Society, or the Oklahoma State Historic Preservation Office. Hey, listening friends, Jack here. And I would like to tell you about the sponsor of today's episode. And that sponsor is Atlas. Atlas is a branding, web development, and content marketing agency. As a business owner, your day-to-day is uncharted enough. From branding and web design to content marketing, Atlas will help you navigate this digital terrain with ease. In today's world, social media is a great tool. However, you need to have a concrete, focused plan on how to use it. And that's where Atlas comes in. Atlas can help you navigate this modern digital world. And on top of that, Atlas can also help you with traditional means of marketing. So if you would like to book your free consultation, please visit atlasokc.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-O-K-C.com for your free consultation. Hey all, Editor Jack here from the future, and as promised, this is part two of my interview with Stephanie, and it is going to pick up right in the middle of the interview, and if you did not catch last week's episode, part one, uh, feel free to go back and give it a listen. Thanks. But I remember, I when I would stop reading my Bible and praying for a while, I was a better person and I'd go to work and I just felt freer. I didn't have to talk about God. I didn't have to like say that was wrong. And I'm like, I'm backsliding. Oh, please God forgive me. But, and then I'd be like, well, I have to get back to God. So I'm going to become an asshole again. And I hated that feeling. And I used to wonder why am I a worse person when I'm praying and reading my Bible than I am when I can just be a nice person at work. Right. (laughs) Right. I mean, have you heard this before from people? I, I have. That's similar, similar versions of, you know, it's, you know, one of my biggest regrets is um, in high school, there was a, a dude that, you know, had come out as gay, which in 1989, 90 was a pretty bold thing to do for high school. Yeah. And he was, he was picked on and bullied. And I didn't do the bullying to him, but I never stopped anybody, right? I never said, hey, you should just leave him alone. Right. And, you know, that's one of my regrets. I should have been like, leave him alone. Don't, don't, you don't have to bully him. Just don't. If you don't, just don't talk to him. You know, and and I didn't do that. And that's kind of, you know, a regret. And, and, you know, the other thing too is you never know when you're going to have a family member. (laughs) And, um, I just feel like if somebody is terrified that is a loved one to tell you, you know, that they're LGBTQIA+. I can't say that. My my brain, I have to slow down. I have to stop. There's too many. Me too. Yeah. And if somebody, though, is your, a family member and they're terrified to tell you that about them because they are afraid of how you are going to react and treat them, that is, that is not a good 
like statement about you. Right. If that person feels that way. And that that bothers me. <laughs> I think, you know, yeah. um, somebody, a person needs to be themselves in their authentic self when they're around. I get that we all sort of put masks on when we deal with people. I'm, But I'm talking, if somebody can't share that important part of themselves because you're a giant dick. Yeah. Then you're not, that's, that's on you. That's not on them. And right. that just sort of bothers me. And that sounds like that was something that you struggled with too. Yeah. And, you know, it, when the pandemic happened and all that stuff, I was, I started watching a lot more. I, I listened to podcasts and I watched a lot more YouTube videos. And it kind of started with some of those goofy um, reaction videos where like Cody Ko made fun of Girl Defined. And I was like, who are all these people? So then I would watch it. Right. And it, it kind of leads you to other things and like, atheist youtubers and progressives and i started learning more and there were progressives in in my world was like they're the liberals they're just like they don't believe the bible is literal and that's bad and so no they're not true christians that kind of attitude but i started watching them and learning from them and i realized this a lot of the stuff that we say is so cringy as evangelicals it's so condescending and self-righteous and i was like that does sound horrible. Oh, my goodness. You know, because you don't know until you know, because we're all told to say all of these things. Um, and then when I learned more about the statistics for the LGBTQ+, that's how I say it. I don't I don't know all the other. <laughs> um, when I know the statistics, or I don't know statistics, but when you hear that there's more depression and suicide in the church, especially, because... Right. For, for the for the community that you start to go wait so you'd rather tell people they're bad and going to hell you'd rather they kill themselves or be like hating themselves and actually just saying i love you because that really hurts me and i start to cry when i you know you hear these stories and you're just like yeah I can't. and we were a part of that and that just really hurts me and i said oh i don't care i don't care if People believe that Paul said this. And I started learning that, maybe, you know, that's not necessarily true. And the, the Greek and the Hebrew stuff. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not one of those people that because people argue about it all the time. I don't care. I'd rather just love people than who cares what the Bible says. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, uh, I, I can't remember how long ago it was, but there was a, a story here in Oklahoma where um, there was a guy and he was he was gay and his you know his family was super ultra evangelical and they sent him to you know gay conversion therapy which didn't do anything and so he was always trying to like repress that part of him and so of course he had a lot of mental health issues and of course gay conversion therapy will do that to you anyway yeah and so finally he just left a note and he said I can't not have these feelings. And if that means I have to spend an eternity in hell, I guess that's what I'm going to do. And he killed himself. No. And his family did that to him. You know what I mean? And that, I don't know what it was when I read that, but it just broke my heart. Yeah. That not only that family and church did that to him and it made him go that deep, you know, into depression But it also broke my heart for his family. Yeah. Because 
the relationship they could have had with their son was gone and they didn't have one and in fact they harmed him and it wasn't a a positive relationship and so my heart broke for them too because they were part of the you know the a big part of the reason on why he didn't want to live and it was just heartbreaking to me and but they believe they're doing the right thing like i remember i i wanted to be affirming but i'm like but the bible says oh you know and it's so you're so scared and it's like wait religion shouldn't be a fear-based anxiety inducing thing yeah and if that's yeah if your goal is for somebody to be go to heaven and they finally get to the point to where I just can't deal with this. I guess I'll just spend an eternity in hell. You failed miserably, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. And and that just that just really bothered me. And I just decided I don't care. I don't care what the Bible says. I'm going to be nice to everybody that I meet, and I don't yeah. care. It it's you know what? It's between them and God, just like yeah. every other sin that's out there. I don't care. And I'm just going to be what is a sin? Like, <laughs> right. what is a sin? Honestly, I, I remember, like, I took philosophy at a Christian university. And I was always trying to bring it about to the absolute truth of the Bible. So I wasn't very good at the philosophy. <laughs> right. <laughs> but it was always like, it's missing the mark. Well, okay. But I see it so differently now. Mm-hmm. Like, everything was, we're always missing the mark with religion it's actually worse. And I see it now because I, one thing I wanted to tell you was personal development was kind of poo pooed in at least my kind of environment Mm -hmm. because, okay, you can, you know, some of it was like, good, you know, but they say, Oh no, that's new agey. That's Buddhism. If you start talking like this and you better stay away from it. And it was the only thing that ever gave me hope. So when I started learning some of this stuff and it sounded a little bit like, well, there's, they're using the universe or they're saying this. And, right. and my friend sent me some apologetics videos and why that was bad. And I got depressed again. And then when I said, you know what? I don't care. This is the only thing that gives me hope. And it allowed me to get out of that intensity and actually just enjoy life and be able to find that peace, that peace that we always were promised in Christ, that freedom. I never found that what with what I was living. Right. You know, um, it was just constant rules and, and everything. And there wasn't that any of that. And so I started finding it as I was going through a lot of the personal development stuff. And so I'm like, wait, I guess that's kind of like what Richard Rohr talks about and Rob Bell, but they're like, evil heritage yeah. universal yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the universal christ like isn't the love and peace and kindness isn't right. that kind of the whole point i like that stuff way more than how i grew yeah and i can't tell my family because i'm so scared because uh, I, I don't want to get bullied right that sounds so stupid but it's true yeah yeah um i was recently looking up some numbers because separation of church and state here in the u.s yeah. And I was just sort of thinking if you're writing laws based upon your viewpoint of the Bible, that's not separation of church and state, because that doesn't mean that, a, you know, to a Jewish person or a Hindu or a Muslim, that's not their religion. No. And so I was like, you, we really need to not base laws on that. And so I wanted to look something up because I was like, eventually, what if the people that are in power aren't your flavor of Christianity, right? 
And I was sort of thinking like Baskin Robbins, you know, there are 31 flavors of Christianity. And so I wanted to get some numbers. And so I looked up how many denominations are in the U.S. And I think it was like roughly like 400 or something like that. Okay. And I was like, that's about what I figured. And then I wanted to look up worldwide. I thought somewhere between 2,500 and 5,000 denominations of Christianity, right? But that's still a lot. Yeah. You know, when you consider that large swaths of Africa and Asia, they, right. there is no Christianity there at all. So, you know, for the rest of the world, that's still a considerable amount of people. Boy, was I wrong. 45,000 denominations of Christianity in the world. 45,000. No. <laughs> that is a lot of denominations. Wow. <laughs> I was, but, I was but... stunned. The and what is it like the conservative evangelical, which I don't even know. It's not even a denomination. It's just whatever is in the U.S. like Canada and U.S. That's the right one, right? Right. Like yeah. Whichever one you're in is the right one. That's the whole thing. It's the just others are all hilarious. heretics, and they have it wrong, but we have it right. And yeah, that was just sort of my point. Eventually, yeah, you might be fine with general Christianity taking in charge, but if you're I, I don't know. Independent Fundamental Baptist Church and the Catholics are in charge. You're not happy with that because Catholics aren't really Christian to someone who's Independent Fundamental Baptist, right. Baptist, right? Right. And so it all gets very, very confusing. And then um, I also have had this thought because I'm a very creative person. So, you know, God made the heavens and the earth and then he made people. But then there was original sin with Adam and Eve. So, you know, a lot in a lot of Christianity, when that happened, the universe, they don't just say the earth, the universe was perfect. And then when the original sin happened, it rippled and that's what changed. And so then the whole, not just the earth, everything was affected by that. But at the same time that the Bible also says that Jesus had to come to be the sacrifice. So does that mean that if we discover life on other planet, that Jesus had to go and be born on every single planet with life and be sacrificed on every single planet? Right? Or did the original sin not affect them? And we were just the worst of the stuff that God created. And we were the only ones that needed to have a replacement sacrifice. Yeah. It, well, that's why that's we're not supposed to believe confusing. in aliens. Right. I right? Get that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Because it becomes a very complicated question. Right. You know, if, <laughs> if there are 100,000 other intelligent life forms out there, did that mean Jesus had to be born 100,000 different times? Or did Maybe his there's... or did his dying on the cross was that for all? Yeah. But then if they're on another <laughs> planet, how will they get the Bible? Exactly. Like... <laughs> it's just an extended version of what do you do with the tribesmen in the rainforest in Brazil who right. doesn't have a Bible. It's just that, but on a galactic scale where time needs, you know, fourteen billion years to get to the Yeah. <laughs> so Wow, we I've gone way off course. <laughs> But um, it, you know, so there are there are questions like that. So I understand why people deconstruct and have problems and have issues. Well, and, and you're not you're not allowed to question that far. And right. I used to study well, not study study, but I loved list. I, I went to a lot of apologetics conferences. I loved Ravi Zacharias. I went to a lot of those. Boy, were you ever wrong about that guy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was devastating because uh, we thought he was like, you know, 
the best person ever, right? So sure. I remember it was like, okay, the questions. Okay, we have oh, okay, we have this answer. Okay. But you're not supposed to question too far. And he always seemed to have an answer. Although I remember listening to him as I started deconstructing. Before he died, I, I was, you know, because everyone was talking about him. And I was like, oh, I should start listening to him again. And I remember thinking, he says the same old poems and stories. And I don't really find his answers that helpful. They don't really answer right. things. And then when I met David from The Graceful Atheist, and he was saying, they don't really, their answers are more for Christians to believe further with, you know, mm-hmm. to give themselves answers. I was like, oh my goodness. Because I thought we were supposed to, like the apologetics was supposed to help everyone figure it out right. <laughs> like i was so you know you're you're so entrenched in that when you yeah. grow up like that you're indoctrinated with all of this it's absolute truth and there has to be all these answers and i used to get anxiety from that because i'm like i don't have answers and now if people ask me like what you know god blah 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 this i'm like i don't know yeah oh yeah. good i don't yeah. have to have an answer <laughs> well this sounds dumb but people that are absolutist everything is right and the flood happened you know the earth is six thousand years old well people always tend to forget that if the earth is six thousand years old that means that it was created at roughly four thousand bc right well the flood had to have happened and it didn't happen like 10 years after he made the earth because you know there was at least a thousand years because <laughs> adam almost he was like 900 right yeah. so there was that means the flood happened at, what, 28 BC to sort of have time for pre-flood life and then the flood. So the world reset at the flood, right? And all of the animals were on the ark with Noah. Okay, a sloth that's the Usain bolt of sloths only moves like 100 feet a day, right? Okay. The ark landed at Mount Ararat in Turkey. There is no way a sloth could go from Mount Ararat in Turkey to South America in the time allotted right now when your maximum amount is a hundred you know a hundred yards a hundred feet a day without you know you still gotta eat <laughs> there would be sloth traces that whole route because they didn't make boats which maybe they, they got a ride with the whales or something <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> or the dinosaur wait did the dinosaurs die because of the flood, or I think they so. They were just after? too big. They were too big for the boat, so they would have uh, had to. I don't know. I my dad's super into Ken Ham, and I've heard this stuff my whole life, but it's also super boring to me, and I don't really yeah. care. Um, <laughs> so, so I don't I, know. I don't. If if you want to believe, that's fine. I'm just telling you, um, change your scale because you can believe <laughs> that it's a young Earth, and the Earth can be fifty thousand years old. Yeah. You know, there, that would still be a young Earth when the other side, the right side, is saying that it's you know four billion, right? Fifty thousand versus four billion. Fifty thousand is still a young Earth, and yeah. that would give time for everything that happened in the Bible to have occurred, if you know if you push it back that date. And so the six thousand year thing just drives me insane. I of course believe that the Earth is older than that. Yeah, <laughs> you know, but. Yeah, I don't, uh, that's a good question. I never, I mean, I've always just heard 6,000 years old. I'm like, okay, whatever. <laughs> yeah. I, but that, you know, you don't really think of all of that stuff if you, yeah, I don't know. That, <laughs> right? <annoying. laughs> that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. I've tried, okay, I've tried looking, or 
I've looked up YouTube videos, like how does evolution work? I even bought a children's book because I'm like, this is so complicated. I don't get it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Like it's so, what? Yeah, you need to talk to Lars. La- I know. <laughs> Lars and Seth from the group. They yeah. Seth sent me some videos and I was like, dude, I had to watch this like five times. I don't know what they're saying. but they i mean they go into this other level i'm not a sciencey person i don't it goes over my head so (laughs) (laughs) but yeah no um one thing we probably do need to touch on though is if you are still you know religious christian whatever um once again this isn't about that but one thing that needs to be understood is that when someone deconstructs, it is actually a, usually kind of a very painful process for you because it's your whole life. Oh, and, yeah. Um, if, if you could maybe speak on that for a few minutes, sort of your experience with that, because it is it is a difficult thing. People don't realize that. It's not it because, oh, I just want to sin. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It causes a lot of depression. And, and, and because you start learning things and unlearning things, it it kind of, it's like, you know that don't build your house on the sandy land. Do you remember that song? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it kind of feels like that's what it was because you start questioning. Well, if what I'm, if what I am doing is not sinning and it's just like trauma responses or this, and then well, what is it? And then you start questioning the theology you were taught, and oh my gosh, this is always the answers we had. So you just, it's freeing. But it's also scary because then you're like, I don't know. But it's also good to not know because it was very anxiety inducing to think you Mm -hmm. had all the answers. And I had one friend and I said to her, I was like, I'm trying to read about racism and sexism and feminism and like what the Bible really says and and deconstruction and my, because my ADHD mind, right? Like, (laughs) you're you're, you're juggling eight different separate topics that are all related (laughs) and i want to learn it because i wasn't really allowed to we always had to follow all the right-wing stuff so now i want to learn what are people actually saying and oh my gosh i didn't you know because when you listen to ben shapiro all the time you're like oh well they're all wrong he's right (laughs) no that's not the case so it just like politics everything is affected by it so and for me, it's only basically been a year, like full on. That's what I was doing. Right. But it's been a process of like 20 years off and on. But yeah. And I had so much depression. I really couldn't deal with it. I was crying every day. Because it, it was your life. It's how you were. You know, you yeah. Spent your formative years. And, and not difficult. knowing like, like, I still believe in God. I still believe in Jesus. I haven't read my Bible for a few years. I don't really have the desire to. Also, a lot of the verses were thrown in your face. You know, mm-hmm. you have anxiety. Do not be anxious for everything, but in everything, give praise and glory to Jesus Christ or whatever. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Sorry. You know, I'm sinning, right? Like, um, what was that verse in every, uh, I don't know. Paul says it. And if you watch a TV show, people, people throw this verse in your face. Like, think on it. Whatever is lovely and pure. Think on these things. Um. I actually take that verse now, like in the personal development kind of world, you know, if I'm, if I'm constantly focusing on the news, Mm -hmm. I get very depressed. It's very negative and not saying that you shouldn't 
look at terrible things happening because you have to also be aware of reality. But there is also truth to think on more positive things and my own thoughts, you know, Um, because if I just wake up thinking everything's terrible, I'm going to live like that. (laughs) Right. So I take that versus that now, but it was always thrown in my face for any movie or TV show or anything you did that wasn't Christian, you were given that verse. So I just can't really read the Bible right now when I, I want to look at it differently, but so I kind of listen more to podcasts and stuff and, Mm -hmm. but yeah, it's a lot of depression and just, but also a lot of feeling kind of more free. And feeling nicer (laughs) at the same time. That's what I'm saying. It's a weird mix that, that people don't realize. And I've grown so much. Even my mom, she's like, like I've been able to talk to her about a lot of things and I'm, I know she's scared. Like she very much loves Jesus and, you know, Right. Um, and I'll say to her, well, I don't know if I believe this whole sin thing. And I don't know. And I know she gets kind of like, <laughs> but I said, I'm trying to figure things out. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah. she's noticed that I'm, I am a, like my anxiety is, is a lot less and all of these, she's like noticing a, a growth in me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how can that be so bad when I'm growing in a better way, even though I'm not as like super intense christian right doesn't that say something about where we were <laughs> where i yeah. was yeah no i i totally get it and um one of the things that kenyatta and i talk about on my my other podcast with kenyatta yeah. <laughs> is, is that you should always start every interaction uh with a person from the position of kindness yeah you know you don't know if the guy that's you know, being a jerk at the convenience store. Maybe his mom died that day. Maybe he got bad medical news. You don't know that. And sometimes people are processing stuff and they're just sort of bumbling through life and they don't necessarily realize that they're, you know, cut in front of somebody or they, you know, did whatever. And I've also always lived under the assumption that if a person will generally, once you get to know them, if they're not a nice person, they will give you a reason to not like them. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> a, 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 for lack of a better word, an asshole, when you meet them after a couple months, you're like, that person is really an asshole. I don't like to be around them. An asshole's going to let you know they're an asshole. Yeah. But you should still start your first time that you deal with that person from the position of kindness. And then once you discover they're a jerk, you don't have to be friends with them. You know, you can just be, eh. But even then, even then, when you start learning about people and their trauma and why, you know, um, you start thinking, oh, okay, they had abusive parents. And it doesn't give them an excuse to continue on. But you can also understand they're not understanding why they're the way they are. Right. right. You kind of have grace with people in a sense. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Although it can be very challenging with certain people. (laughs) <laughs> or you know, they're sometimes they're just narcissists too, and you're just like, uh, right? Those people run away from. Yeah, yeah. It's it, it's just something that you know, just try to be nice to people. Don't when somebody tells you that they've deconstructed or they're an atheist, be nice to them and don't say, oh, "Well, I'll pray for you." <laughs> um, you know, just 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 be nice and don't also don't do the well you were never a real christian real christian <laughs> you don't know what somebody's life journey was the effort they put into it and i'm pretty sure that like 
I've heard people that were preachers and they leave and someone's like, well, they weren't really a Christian. I'm pretty sure that if you're standing on the pulpit preaching to people, you're probably pretty into your Christianity. Right? Unless you're a sleazy uh, t- uh, TV preacher. Well, I mean, obviously, unless <laughs> you're yeah. Kenneth Copeland or Jesse Duplantis oh. or Joel Osteen <laughs> or Creefro Dollar or John oh, Hagee. How many can you name? <laughs> oh, my stop. goodness. Or Paula White. Oh, my. Did you see that video of her? Uh during like she was praying i think about trump or something and then her son is in the background walking behind and she's like praying speaking in tongues it's on all these videos like people yeah. laughing at these she's all the jars we break the jars we break yes. the jars and i'm like what something about africa i'm like yeah. chill lady what is your problem yeah. um yeah it's too funny yeah yeah but, so uh, and also since we're here i never ever ever I don't care what faith you are, you know, what religion. Never, ever, ever tell somebody who is in the ICU, God only gives you as much as you can handle. Because I can assure you when someone is in the ICU, they do not want to hear that. No. Because that is not helpful at all. (laughs) Or or any anything else, like your your child died. Or right. you're going through a hard time. Like, and I remember saying that shit because we were told to say it, you know, like, this yeah. is what you're supposed to say. And then I learned, just be with people. Right. You don't yeah. even have to say anything. Sometimes that's the best. You know? Yeah. And, you know, it's for somebody who is religious, once again, doesn't matter. But if part of your religion is prayer, when someone says, I'm going to pray for you, I understand for that person, that that means a lot to say, I'm going to pray for you. Yeah, I you know it's just the don't say God only gives you as much as you can handle because first of right. all it's not biblical right <laughs> number one and, and we all say it thinking it's biblical like yeah well, where did that actually come? anyway <laughs> but it you know just certain there are so many aspects of modern Christianity that I think are just harmful and a lot of people don't realize the harm that it can cause and. Yeah, do I know how to change it? No. Do I know that preachers need to quit sexually abusing people? Yes. Does the church need to quit sending them to other churches and hiding it? Yes. But that's a subject for a different podcast. <laughs> oh my gosh, you know what I hate? When I when I start like I follow or I did, I, I had to unfollow some of these because it's too much for me. But like Julie Royce mm-hmm. who speaks out about the stuff happening in the church and Southern Baptist Convention and podcasts and, you know, and you see all this stuff um, and you see all of the cases that come out and all of and the women that are harmed because they're told, like, you know, John Piper, John MacArthur and all of those fools, they're told to stay because divorce is wrong. So, like, right. you just have to deal with it. You just got to get the crap beat out of you. Oh, my gosh. And I share that with some of my friends. And they're like, that's in the bad churches. But John Piper's a godly man. And and I'm, you know what? I'm so done. I'm so yeah. done hearing that. And I was, I said, it's like, okay, I don't think that you hear all this. St- because if you're not following this stuff, you don't know all the stories. You hear about it one right. over here and over here, right. maybe. But I'm like 700 cases with the Southern Baptist Convention. And that's just what's reported. So you have and, to realize that yeah. that would be a fraction. That's probably less than 10% of what's actually happened. Exactly. Generally speaking, it's less than 10% that will come out. 
and talk about it. And on that same note, um, you know, the Duggars, which are part of Gothards, which is an institute for basic life principle and then there's school ATI advanced whatever training. Part of that whole thing is that if you are molested, you have to forgive the person because your body is not your own. It belongs to God. So when you are molested, the person who molested you actually molested God's body. So you have to forgive that person. I'm sorry. You know who comes out with that kind of doctrine? Abusers. (laughs) Someone that likes to molest kids, right? (laughs) Or... Or you hear, um, we need to forgive. Yeah. Or, uh, like, when Ravi, when it all came out about Ravi, all the people, not all, but a lot of people online were saying, well, just he's just like David. And David had affairs. And, and, he, and we have to forgive like David. And it was like, first of all, what? Yeah. I mean, seriously? So you don't get, and the people were like, he's dead. Like, stop harm. You know? He's, it's over and done with. And people kept saying, but the women are still alive. You don't care his that victims. all of the victims and his family. I mean, I, I don't, I know that they stand firm that he, he didn't do anything wrong, but that must be so dreadful to hear that, you know, to know this about somebody you love. I mean, yeah. there's so many, he never even confessed. If you're dying, he had cancer for He had while. time. He had time to come forward. Yeah. And that's the thing. People are like, and I think that's why it's so harmful to just be, well, I'm forgiven. Jesus forgives me. So I'm all good. Yeah. That's, that's where we keep hearing this stuff. Right. And I'm like, right. It's not all good. Right. And same thing with Bill Gothard. You know, he had a class action lawsuit with 44 now women, but they were teens when it happened that said that he had uh, sexually abused them to various different levels. uh, Allegedly. Let me throw that in there, legal department. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but you know, when you think about there were 44 accusations. Yeah. So that's just the 44 that were brave enough to come out. Once again, the same thing with the 700. Right. And he's also the guy that came up with the, well, he didn't molest you. He molested God, God's body. So he'll have to answer to God. And then you get these 44, and you're like, well, yeah, there you go. I mean, <laughs> that's why you're going to have that, that philosophy. Because mm-hmm. you. You know, and especially when you're the the figurehead of the you know the dom- denomination or whatever, you can you can do that stuff? Do I oh, think you... every every preacher or televangelist started out with you know oh I'm undercover so I can do evil things? No, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I do think that if you have that certain nature or whatever, it's certainly appealing. Well, and then you keep or or what I I've heard well. But he was single. He didn't have a wife to satisfy him. Are right. you fucking kidding me? So that gives him... A, what? Why do men get off the hook for everything? Oh, she tempted him. She was like a teenager and they're hot. Oh, he had no wife. Are you serious? What, yeah. Why do men have no responsibility for anything? <laughs> if you have to dress your six-year-old modestly so she doesn't arouse oh. adult males, the problem is not your six-year-old. Uh, right the problem is the adult male yes creepy yeah it, we it, got that when i was a kid you know oh you know um the little straps it was just maybe not as a kid i don't remember it that intensely but you did feel some sort of attitude about it 
Yeah. And I felt creepier around, you know, certain older males, even as a yeah. kid. And I didn't know realize that until I started learning about purity culture that we grew up in. I was like, I didn't even know that was kind of sketchy two years right. ago. My friend said, well, you know, purity culture messed a lot of us up. And I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> and that's where a lot of understanding and education comes in because you're like, oh, I had no idea. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And if you have kissed a boy before you're married or, you know, I'm I'm just going to go ahead and say this. If you've been in a full on orgy, you are not a used piece of gum that no one can love after that point. <laughs> right. <laughs> and that this is the first time the word orgy has been used in any of my podcasts. But, oh, but, can I say? Sorry. No, no. I was just going to say my point is you are still worthy of love. It doesn't matter what you've done. You are worthy of love and you aren't a used piece of gum that can't be, that is no good for anyone else. So there you go. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I was just going to say kind of on the same type of subject. Um, like I'm single. Being single in the church is very hard. Right. Uh, you get thrown in with college and career, even though you're thirties, you know, and then the young family is like, Oh, you know, it's just awkward. But, uh, I also grew like in the early two thousands, Mark Driscoll was a huge, you know, we all listen to Mark Driscoll. He's an awesome guy at Mars Hill and everything. And boy, once again, (laughs) were we wrong about that guy? (laughs) And I remember hearing and even my own pastor at the time, he would make comments about like hot women, like smoking hot wife, you know, that was kind of right. the thing. And I was in my early 20s at this point, And I always believed that I was too fat and ugly and unworthy because I just kind of grew up believing that. And then no men were like asking me to date or marry them or anything. And I was just desperate to get married because that was supposed to be the ultimate thing. Right. Get married and have kids, because really that's what women are for. Even though you can go to school and have a career, but technically you should be raising babies. Yeah. So I thought, oh my goodness, I'm not, I'm not smoking hot anything. Nobody's going to want me. And I know that harmed women who are married because of how their husbands treated them. But um, I remember talking to somebody on Facebook about that. And I said, as single woman, it also affected us too. And she goes, oh, I had no idea because she was married and it affected her. So that kind of attitude too is you've got to be kind of hot, but not too hot, so men don't lust after you. Right. Like it's such a it's such a an awful feeling as a woman to to not know what's going on, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And then my friend was like, "That's not that's the bad churches. They don't say that at the good." I keep hearing this from from that's the what I, well that that was the bad church. Well, they went astray and. The truth that, of the dude, that was is... Mars Hill. That was a huge <sighs> church, like all the right. denominations. Yeah. I heard this stuff in Focus in the Family. Like, yeah. th- it's it's organizations. It is not just the bad churches. Leave me alone. <laughs> right. And it's like you hear, you know, you'll hear, um, well, you know, they, there's just so much more cases of Alzheimer's now. Well, first of all, people live longer, and that's a disease where you have to be older for it to start kind of, lack of a better term, kicking in. Yeah. Right. So if if the average age that people start showing symptoms is 70, I'm, I'm just throwing a number out there. Don't yeah. People don't yell at me. <laughs> and most people say we're dying at 62, though there aren't going to be as many cases of it, right? Because the people that would have got it when they were 70 have croaked. It's the same thing with autism. It's not that 
there are more autistic kids. In the 1950s, no one knew what autism was. It was just the shy kid or the kid that was just awkward. Well, that kid had autism. Just nobody knew it, right? And it's the same thing with PTSD. You'll hear uh, veterans come back from Afghanistan or Iraq, and they're, you know, they have issues, PTSD, from dealing with all of the stuff that they saw there. And you'll hear, I have heard people say, well, you never saw people from other wars have to deal with that. Well, no, you did. It was the they drunk guy after. Right. It was the alcoholic in the 1950s that beat his kids, but he was a World War II vet and he had PTSD and that's how he dealt with it was with a bottle of whiskey. Yeah. And it was the same thing with the Vietnam veteran. I'm not making excuses or saying it was right or wrong, but that's what it was. We yeah. didn't know that that's what it was, but that, you know, that's what it was. And I would imagine that this kind of stuff has always happened at the church. It's just that there was no internet and Facebook for people that have happened to to come together and talk about it. And we didn't know it was bad. I thought this was our, like, how as women we were supposed to be treated because that's what the Bible says. Yeah. That's what Paul yeah. says about us. And so when people say, why did why do women believe this about about women? I was that woman. I was the one that said, well, if she was raped, what was she wearing? Because that's how we grew up. We didn't know any different. And, you know, I cringe at the things I used to believe and say. And Now I'm a feminist. I'm like, no, I'll empower women so these women don't marry these, you know, abusive men. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But they don't know any different because they're raised in that. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they're they're large. Uh, I know Independent Fundamental Baptist Church and the new Independent Fundamental Baptist Church because the old ones weren't conservative enough. <laughs> That's the truth. Um, there's there is no such thing as uh, marital rape because mm-hmm. in their circles they believe that when the woman says "I do," that whenever the guy wants it, she has to have it. It doesn't matter. Well, there are times, to- and so there's no such thing as marital rape. Well, I'm sorry, there is, and I don't. I have this weird problem with this disconnect of how can you be a father and claim that you love your daughter, but at the same time, you don't think that if your daughter's married and she's not horny, that she should still have to do something. And if she doesn't, the guy can like forcibly hold her down and still, you know, effectively rape her because he is. And I don't understand. There's this weird disconnect to me because I wouldn't want anyone to do that to my daughters. Yeah. You know? There's a huge disconnect with so many things. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> but that's, <laughs> that's to me, know? that's a, an odd one because it's your, your child being raped. You know, not that yeah. I would want my son to be raped either. Obviously, I don't. I just know that it's, you know, more common the other way around. Well, so, and then you have these, I don't know, have you heard of the transformed wife? Oh, God, I can't stand Lori. Somebody asked her, oh, my, you know, I woke up and my husband's on top of me. Oh, that's not rape. Rape is only when it's a stranger. I'm like, are you kidding me? And people are following this fool? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Like it's Lori, just... is it Anderson? Yeah, I think it is. Lori Anderson, the transformed wife. And unless you want to get really angry, don't follow her Twitter. No. <laughs> or Insta. I don't, I can't even follow. Like I, I have some Facebook friends who post a lot of this stuff that they have to call out. And I'm just like, I, but I can't, you post every few minutes. I can't handle it. I can't handle seeing all this stuff, you know? And like my friend, she says, why do you keep talking about the religious stuff? If, if an abused, if you had an abusive boyfriend, you wouldn't keep going or to an ex, you wouldn't keep looking at his Facebook. I'm like, but also to 
yeah, true. I don't want to keep learning this stuff. But in order to heal and understand it, it's also helpful because I'm still learning things. When I listen to different podcasts and people's stories, I'm like, oh, yeah, I, yeah. I didn't know. You know, it's it's helpful yeah, to yeah, come out yeah. of it, too. I totally so. get it. I totally get it. Yeah, there's Higgins barking. <laughs> you said he would. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Definitely has a deep bark. <laughs> but um, well, we've well, been going more than more than an hour. <laughs> yeah, no, we've we've gone way long, um, longer than we intended, Fun, which I told you was going to happen. Yeah. Um. So I guess I'm gonna <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> well, there's so much to, to yeah. Talk and about. this isn't actually sort of how we were going to sort of talk <laughs> about everything. We were going to talk about growing up fundy and being an adult fundy and sort of yeah. becoming less fundy and all of that. We ended up going on what I think is really a, a an interesting conversation about multiple things. And if you want to know what it's like to have a conversation or be around a conversation with two people with ADHD, you just discovered what that <laughs> would be like. We just went on a nice hour and 20 minute long rant about... <laughs> There <laughs> the, that there is no linear progression to anything. We just sort of, other than talking about religion, jump from thing to thing, which is fine. I I still enjoyed it. I thought this was fun. I appreciate you coming on, Stephanie. It was fun. Thank and, you for having talking. me. It, no, you're welcome. It, I I've enjoyed it. It's going to make for a a nice uh, editing process now. <laughs> <laughs> no, nice. it won't be that bad. Um, it should be it should be pretty easy, <laughs> honestly. But um, I hope everybody stuck around and, you know, <laughs> maybe gave you some food for thoughts on how to uh, talk to people and just deal with people and mm -hmm. just be kind to people. <laughs> and, mm -hmm. Well, you know, there's, I don't know if you've heard of John Maxwell. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah um, I know. He always talks about putting value on people. And I, I just, I really love that because so many times we devalue people we, you right. know they're just annoying or they're this and i've done that many times but to look at people as human beings deserving of love and respect and it helps yep. you whenever you meet somebody if you want to purposely do that you know and that's what i strive to do so, yeah. yeah yeah um i i was just going to close with obviously this isn't some sort of oh quit believing in jesus in the bible that's not what this is about <laughs> but I I do want to say this as a member of a church if you see the people in your church or the leadership and they are doing things that you feel are are not biblical or not the way Jesus would want them you may have to step up and make some changes in your church and I know that's not easy but if one person does it someone will eventually join you and you can make the changes in your church and get rid of some of the the not I don't know nice aspects or whatever of it, and you know, sometimes being the change you want to see, you have to start in in your own house, <laughs> and you know, yeah, a, a lot of times churches send missionaries out to other parts of the world, and they completely ignore how crappy their home church is wherever they're at. And if you see that, you need to call them out and make change. And and if you get run out of your church, that's not you. <laughs> that that's the church that is not you so if that's something that you have to do do it <laughs> so uh do you have any anything you need you would like to plug while you're here before i sign off oh well i do have my own podcast 
It's called the Step Up Podcast. Steph Up. <laughs> right, right. So Play nice, nice dad pun there. <laughs> I had people who kept saying Step Up, and I'm like, no, it's Step Up. <laughs> right, yeah. But um, talked a lot about mental health, personal development, and then religion, especially as I was starting to deconstruct. Um, I wrote a children's book called What Should Dragon Do? It's for children's ages like three to six, and it talks about when they're upset and how to how to be kind even when you're dealing with all of these emotions. So you can find that on Amazon. Um, and yeah, that's. It, that's it, so is the I mean. is it? It's not a pseudonym. It's actually Stephanie Webb. Is the book's under? Yeah, the book is under <laughs> Stephanie Webb. <laughs> yeah, that, but, that's probably helpful if you want people to buy it. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the the my so I couldn't find Stephanie Webb website was already taken. Right. So I have my website is stephanieannweb.com. Okay. Which I only knew after I published the book that so it should have been under Stephanie Ann Webb, but I published it under Stephanie Webb. You don't know these things until you know because right. I'm really no, I understand. But anyway, so the next book I write, I'll have to put it under Stephanie Ann Webb. There you go. The, the, <laughs> but the, yeah. the tenth printing of your first book, you can have the Ann added in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I self-published, which was, it was exciting, but it's also scary because you're doing everything yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I imagine so. Um, I imagine but it's quite so. a learning experience. Like, I've learned so much in doing all this that. Or, you know, and doing the podcast, right? You learn about yeah. audio, you learn about the tech and the editing and like, whoa, okay, there's so much involved. But it's cool because yeah. now you have more skills. Right, right. Yep. Yep. That is true. So I appreciate you coming on. I enjoyed Thank our talk. Thank you. It was completely not what we had planned. <laughs> and I'm perfectly 100% okay with that because I still feel it was a very interesting conversation and a worthwhile yes. one to have. And I'm glad you came on, so thank you very much. Thank you. It was fun. All right. And with that, I'm going to end the show as I always do. Remember, everybody, try to live your life in a way that would make Bob Ross proud. Bye. Thank you for listening to Musings of an ADD Mind. If you enjoyed this podcast, or even if you didn't, please hit the subscribe or follow button.